Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and tonight's show is the Path of Public Service. Our first guest in the Age of Heroes segment is Mark Zinna, a Tenafly councilman who recently ran for governor and is currently running for mayor. Greetings and welcome, Mark. How are you? Great, Hercules. How are you doing this evening? And thank you for having me, uh, inviting me to come on your show again. Thank you. Um, you're very welcome, and thank you, because you're, you're an awesome guest, and uh, you get a lot of uh, feedback when you come on the air. People like listening to you, and uh, they like the things Great. that you say. And I'm really looking forward to discussing uh, the environment with you tonight and the greening of Tenafly. And uh, um, I wanted to start by asking what's going on with the community garden. Uh, last year, uh, there was a lot a buzz floating around about it, but I haven't heard anything uh, uh, recently, and I haven't had a chance to attend the mayor and council meeting, so I'm kind of out of the loop. Um, so, you know, the, the community garden, as it's a great topic, by the way. Um, the community Thanks. garden that that we have now, which is uh, right right uh, adjacent to the borough hall buildings, you know, it has its uh, it has its challenges. That it's, uh, it's people who are involved and. Sometimes it gets a little neglected, um, but, you know, it's the people who love community gardens are pushing forward um, with it. Now, one of the things I say about the community garden is we need to expand it. And um, you've gotten me recently about, you know, how do we make community garden? And there's lots of definitions of community garden. You know, do we want to grow fruits and vegetables? Do we want it? You know, we want the the ghost of Frederick Law Olmsted to come back and make a big park with <laughs> with uh, you know uh, visual greenery and things of that nature, like an art form. Um, you know, one mm-hmm. there, and that all it's all good stuff and needs to be debated. But you know, we have um, a couple of years ago 
we had a swim. We have two swim clubs in Tenafly, and one of them mm-hmm. went out of business. And we've been really on the council um, since then, been banging our head against the wall, trying to figure out what do we do with these two acres of land, um, which you can only build on a small section of them because yeah, it's near a waterway and there's all kinds of environmental protection there. And perhaps you, you've hit on a real great option there is to make it a two-acre community garden and all the different things that means, which is lots of details. But the idea a larger project can wind up attracting more people getting involved in the entire process, and we can actually do far more with two acres of land than a, a small plot outside of Borough Hall. So I think that's something that the council we need to bounce around. I'm going to bring it up at the next council that's meeting. Awesome. And, and you'll get full credit for, for being the germination, if I may say, of the idea um, and really kind of kicking me in the head with it. So so good work on well, that I, one. I, 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 I'm honored, but I, I can't see myself kicking you in the head. I like it too much. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe it's – it's the wrong term, but you know, the, maybe the right term is you got me to end. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you're okay with that term? <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that term. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I've been uh, working with um, uh, folks. I got involved with the Disclosure Network not too long ago, and I've, I've done a few shows on it. And uh, basically, it's a wide ranging uh, um, phenomenon that asks for more government uh, transparency. And right. uh, sometimes it wanders into areas like, uh, you know, uh, vaccinations and UFOs, you know, very controversial type of areas. But it, it does seek to uh, uh, look at the truth. So I've been looking into fluoride uh, legends, pro and con. And uh, one of the things that they got me excited about was uh, um, gardening also. My wife had always maintained a small garden in our front yard. Uh, but right. now we have uh, we have like basil and oregano and you know mostly nice. uh, uh, culinary herbs. And uh, recently we started growing uh, uh, small vegetables in our uh, window uh, in the front of the house, and uh, we keep the curtains open during the day so they get uh, sun. And they've been growing really really fast. And now we're looking into putting a uh, greenhouse uh, on the back patio or in the backyard. Uh, so we've really like embraced this and uh, uh, I would be all for a, a community a garden and that's something I would definitely uh, uh, donate some time and energy to to make that happen so that I'm on board great. Mark you know, uh, wonderful I mean, uh, wonderful I, I grew up in a household um, every um, every you know we grew up in a uh, in, in Waldwick, you know, with my parents and my siblings. And, you know, we had a 50 by 100 lot, uh, you know, a modest house and backyard. But every, mm-hmm. come every springtime after the thaw, my father would go in the backyard. My mother had a gardening area that was maybe 20 by 20 feet. And he would turn the, eighth, the earth over. They would put, you know, manure in there and topsoil. And uh, I remember growing up, we always ate fresh tomatoes. You know, my mother would mm-hmm. grow tomatoes and uh, a little parsley, occasionally lettuce and radish. And uh, we would have fresh tomatoes all the time. And she would put them on the windowsill and they'd go from green to red, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, it was fabulous. Uh, I've got 
two different residents in Tenafly plus one of my daughters is asking me to introduce an ordinance to allow people to raise chickens in Tenafly. And uh, oh, wow. I, I'm not, yeah, yeah. So, so, and I'm not sure I'm going to propose that, you know, chickens are, if everyone's growing chickens in their backyard, that creates a little bit of chaos going on there, especially yeah. with the sounds. Right. So, so I'm probably not going to bring that to the table, but it is interesting that people are into, even in our relatively urbanized uh environment everyone's got a cell phone and 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 things like that uh that there are people out there who kind of want to get closer to the earth and that's nice to see because you know it's interesting cell phones and technology don't bring back happy childhood memories for me because there was none no but growing (laughs) tomatoes that real simple thing really does so (laughs) and i'm not yeah and there's nothing like the taste of them either they're they're awesome they're very delicious when they're homegrown and uh um, you know, we're very fortunate to have very many markets uh, in Tenafly that meet a lot of our uh, um, uh, food needs, our nutritional needs, but th- there is nothing like a garden-grown uh, tomato. It's, uh, the, the taste is unbelievable. No, it's, it's, it's delicious. And, you know, the whole concept of community is, um, you know, I'm not, I couldn't even hazard a guess as to how many people in Tenafly would be interested in being involved in the community garden, but in terms of a larger community, um, you know, maybe we can think about inviting our neighbors, you know, from Englewood and from Creskill to be part of it too, uh, because that really expands the whole idea of our, of our community. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's good for everyone. It's all positive stuff. So you've, you've come up with the, you've come up with a great idea. Well, thank you very much. And you've fleshed it out and expanded it. And uh, now it's something that can be put on the table. So thank you, Mark. My pleasure. That's uh, that's why we're here, to try to do things for the residents of the town. And it, that's greatly appreciated. Uh, uh, since I moved to Tenafly, I've always been a big fan of uh, uh, the mayor and council uh, uh, because, again, despite whatever differences uh, there might be at any particular point in time, everybody truly cares for, for the town and uh, always seeks uh, to better the town. So that's a, that's a very... A blessed person, a blessed position to be in as a resident. So I'm very glad to have all you guys there because you're doing awesome uh, things. And uh, there's a lot of other greening efforts as well. Uh, Jeff uh, has been talking about, uh, um, you know, basically championing our, our trees. And our trees enjoyed certain protections until we started getting those great uh, storms. Uh, and then they proved to be a hazard uh, to some of the houses. So uh, uh, people were not as uh, protective of old uh, trees as they were. Um, what is going on on that front? Okay, so let, let's talk about um, let's talk about trees and greenery in general. Um, okay. The 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 challenge and the plan is larger than most people are interested in hearing about, and a lot of it goes on behind the scenes. So, so in the view, we, we have, uh, you know, the council, the residents, we have a goal of we want Tenafly to be greener, especially downtown. Right. Now, greener means a lot of different things. Um, we, we have Davis Johnson Park, which is the need of more attention and more upkeep, okay? Mm-hmm. So we look at all these things and say, how do we get this done? So over the past six to nine months, what we've developed is we're kind of 
uh, we're moving forward with a plan. We need more resources out of the Department of Public Works, meaning human people, to to spend more Uh time cutting lawns, taking care of shrubbery, planting trees, doing all this sort of good stuff. And in order to do that, we have to free up bodies because we just can't go out and hire you know, five more people to cut lawns, that sort of thing. Right. So one of the things we've done is um, our neighbors in Englewood, uh, some, of, some of your listeners may have seen it, have, have moved from, in their recycling and garbage pickup program, have moved from three people uh, on a traditional uh, garbage truck driving and picking up garbage to one person driving a truck with an automated arm that picks up a uh, very specific type of garbage pail to the uh, the truck dumpster so that you only need one individual on the truck, which frees up the other two individuals to do something else like cutting trees. So this year in, in Tenafly, we've just finished our b- budget process and we're purchasing three of those. I call them one-armed bandits. We, we're purchasing oh, that is awesome. three of those one-armed garbage trucks that's going to pick up the garbage close to automatically and the extra two individuals off of three trucks, which is six, uh, six people, they're all going to be moved to what we call our parks department so that we're, mm-hmm. we're trimming the trees. We're taking care of Davis Johnson park. Uh, we're doing things at Sunnyside where, where the gravel pathway is cleaned up rather than having overgrown grass and weeds there. So uh, mm-hmm. we're figuring out ways through technology to make, processes we currently do more efficient to free up people to spend more times on uh, more time on making Tenafly green and improving the downtown. And we think that's important. Um, and just trying to explain that it's never as simple as just adding more bodies to it because more bodies cost more money. So we found a way to do it by trading, doing some technology and freeing up bodies. That sounds uh, incredibly awesome, and uh, more can uh, be done without uh, a lot more resources uh, being uh, uh, spent. And uh, I know that uh, the um, the council has been looking at the parks, the status of the parks. Uh, one of our Access uh, for All committee uh, members started doing uh, some reports and follow-up of a, a very comprehensive report that was done a few years ago. And yes. uh, I believe he had spoken in front of the, the council uh, and uh, uh, he's continuing with his work and actually I have a bunch of uh, emails. Now that people know that the uh, Actors Fall Committee is there and active, we're getting requests. So uh, uh, I have to sort through uh, some of those. Um, but it's really great to be looking at the, the parks, not only for ADA compliance, but some of the parks, like Froggy Park, for instance, need some work um, yes. uh, in order to beautify them as well as make sure they're compliant uh, with the Americans with Disabilities Act. So the, the parks need constant care and repairs, maintenance, and ultimately um, uh, renovation. Um, we, as a matter of fact, at the council meeting last night when we finalized the budget, uh, we're seeking a grant to redo Walnut Park and uh, wow. make sure that that, yep, so, you know, because that's, you know, new equipment there uh, for our residents. So we're working on, uh, it's, it's timely that you've, you've asked that question. Um, we're working on those grants. And a lot of times what we do, while sometimes, it, it delays the process. We apply for grants 
uh, from the state and or the federal government. And very often they, they match our dollars two to one. So if, if it's going to cost us, you know, if the park will cost 100000 to rebuild it and we put up 50000 the state and the federal government will put up the other half. And uh, those are very specific grants that we can only use. You know, if we apply for a grant on a park, we can only use it for a park. We can't decide to take the money and, you know, put a road in, that sort of thing. So we're, uh, the, the council is has become... I would say much more sensitive and much more aware of the borough's infrastructure, whether it's potholes, parks, swing sets, trees, community gardens, all those issues which fate, which which the re, which which the residents experience and faces the residents. That's really uh, over the past two years have become the council's priority. And I'm very excited. I saw you at that meeting, but uh, you were speaking uh, with folks. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, but uh, the support for that uh, was very encouraging uh, with people coming uh, out uh, from all the different boroughs that this project uh, would link. And uh, I'm very happy that the uh, dog park is moving forward as well. Uh, I remember when okay. both of those were ideas floating around Christine Evron's head. <laughs> so I'm glad right. to see them uh, manifesting in our world. No, I, I agree. So the Northern Valley Greenway, that uh, that meeting last week was um, very informative. Um, one of the most important aspects about that meeting is that the Northern Valley Greenway folks and Christine and Andrew McKesh, uh, who are heading it up, have really gone yes. out. To, to outreach and, and they're not it's you know the six towns that the, the greenway will run through is one thing but they they did all kinds of outreach to all the neighbors that it's not going to run through so dumont bergenfield harrington park englewood uh we reached out to all those communities to let them know hey this is going on please come so you can understand because at the end of the day uh, the northern valley greenway is here to serve everyone and it's, right. it's for the Bergenfield community as much as it is for the Tenafly community and it's as much for the Englewood community as it is for, you know, Tenafly and Creskill. So they're making an effort to reach out. Uh, um, the mayor of uh, my friend uh, Mike Wilds, the mayor of Englewood, came to the meeting because Englewood is very interested now in being part of it. Um, you know, they're oh, awesome. concerned that the, yeah, that the light rail – you know, maybe it'll never happen. Even if it does happen, it's going to be so long from now. Maybe they should be part of the Northern Valley Greenway, which makes great sense. It would be wonderful to have them on board. Um, it's just more greenery and more bike riding and more walking paths. So that's a good thing. You're, uh, you brought up the uh, dog park, where the dog yes. park is funded, approved, ready to rock and roll. Fantastic. Uh, we're going to have uh, two fences, you know, one for small, you know, a fencing area for small dogs a fenced-in area for large dogs, and um, as soon as the ground thaws, so I'd like to say April, but maybe May, we'll be installing that park and um, the two little dog parks, and uh, the dog park will have fences, some seating, uh, you know, uh, containers for uh, cleanup bags and things of that nature. It'll also have uh, basic, we're putting a water line in, so we'll have basic water fountains, um, for the dogs, and then uh, mm-hmm. again, Christine Evron is putting together a uh, a fundraising campaign for um, folks who want to contribute 
to putting all kinds of extra uh, accoutrements and uh, maybe nicer benches and nicer water fountains for their pets. So, so the borough is basically funding the basics. Here's your dog park. And uh, if you want to upgrade the fountains, you want to upgrade the benches, that all has to be private money uh, that pays for that. So uh, that's all good news. Oh, it's uh, phenomenal news. And, uh, again, it goes back to something that you've stated uh, very many times on the show, uh, that if people make their uh, feelings known, if they share their ideas, uh, although sometimes it may take a while, uh, these things eventually come to pass. And uh, uh, I remember uh, the dog park uh, and uh, uh, like a very vague notion of the Greenway project. When I first moved to Tenafly, uh, those were kind of floating around. So uh, uh, it's taken a good five years, <laughs> but uh, they're almost, you know, they're on their way to uh, becoming reality. So uh, we correct. wouldn't have had those if Tenafly residents hadn't, uh, um, you know, shared their ideas and hadn't uh, expressed their support. And uh, if our, our local uh, leadership didn't listen and uh, discuss the ins and outs and then uh, eventually make it happen. So uh, that is a phenomenal uh, civic success. That's uh, no, that's great. That's great for everyone. And uh, of course, Tenafly, like all towns has a lot of uh, pet lovers. Um, yeah. Even in my family, we, we, uh, we uh, adopted our first rescue dog uh, about three or four months ago. He's uh, he's four years old, and it and it's wow. uh, a great dog. And it it really it's amazing how fast uh, the pets become a, a family member. Yeah. And uh, it's all you know. It's almost we can't even. He's only been with us a few months. Uh, but we can't even imagine what life was like before him anymore. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, but we have it, a it's Chihuahua. Good. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, we have a Chihuahua named uh, Xena Warrior Princess and four cats. Uh, so we're pet very lovers nice. too, and we've shared uh, our lives with them for very many uh, years. So I know exactly what uh, you're talking about. They're family. Uh, yeah. Now, so that, um, that, one, when I first came, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. Oh, uh, one of the things that was going on uh, at some point when I first moved uh, here uh, to back to Bergen County uh, was there were um, bow hunters who wanted to hunt with bows and arrows in Bergen County, and they wanted to reduce the uh, distance uh, that they could do so. And uh, uh, with uh, Julie and uh, some other people, we you know fought that and. Uh, uh, went to Valerie Huddle's office and talked about it and, you know, tried to raise uh, some awareness. Um, and uh, it's true that animals are coming back to uh, Tenafly. Um, I remember when I was a teenager and I lived here, uh, there were moons and there weren't deer and uh, I've heard of bears in some parts of uh, right. Bergen County as well. Um, so the animals are coming back, and the hunters have been offering incentives to nature centers uh, um, and to other places where there's uh, a lot of uh, greenery. Uh, but Bergen County is very populated, despite the fact that we're suburban and we're green. So uh, that's very disturbing that, uh, you know, this whole hunting thing. And I'm not opposed to hunting, uh, you know, and I'm a carnivore. You know, I eat a lot of meat. Uh, sure. So I don't have objections along those grounds, but I, I really don't think it's safe, um, you know, shooting arrows 
in Bergen County. Well, no, no, look, look uh, no, I agree. So, so uh, I enjoy target shooting. I, I'm, I'm personally mm-hmm. not a hunter, but I've always, I've always enjoyed skeet and trap shooting, and I go up to Thunder Mountain, um, up in, um, up by New York and New Jersey in the Passaic area, uh, by, by the Greenwood Lake area, and uh, you know, you shoot clay pigeons, that sort of thing, but on mm-hmm. top of the mountain in the middle of nowhere. And it's not possible for someone, you know, to be strolling along uh, and get and get hurt. Um, but I, I wouldn't support doing that in Tenafly or uh, in Bergen County. To your point, there's a million people who live in Bergen County. Um, you know, a child gets accidentally hit with an at, with an arrow; they can bleed out in a matter of minutes and yes. die. You know, there's no um, there's no you know that that risk reward is is a very bad scenario now i'm not saying the deer don't have to be dealt with because the the deer are becoming you know potentially a public health hazard in terms of yes cars veering off roads i have friends whose cars have been totaled and they've gotten hurt uh from deer on 9w uh you've got the deer tick issue so uh, you know, it's coming very close to being a public health issue also. Um, and sometimes people feed the deer and that brings more deer. And, you know, we had, we've, we've had two separate incidents of bears at the Knickerbocker Country Club in the past two or three years. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, and that's, that's literally down the street from my house, uh, you know, a right. thousand feet away. So, and this is a, a suburban community. You know, so that's an issue. Now, on the other side of the coin, we have coyotes coming back. I've seen uh, yes, a couple do. of coyotes, yeah. not at the same time, but at different times, across the street in the Stillman, uh, in the Stillman playground, the school field. Um, so the coyotes, of course, are predators to, to deer. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many coyote you need to control the deer population and those sort of statistics, but, uh, but they are coming back. And uh, it's, an, it's an interesting point. You know, there are more deer in the United States now uh, than there were prior to the American Revolution. So right. um, they've, they, they've made a comeback because their natural predators are gone. Yes, and but, uh, uh, um, the coyotes that you mentioned, too, they're uh, interbreeding with uh, dogs and wolves. So we're getting a new strain right. of, uh, of coyote or a new breed of animal. Uh, canine that's uh, that's now uh, coming back to our suburban uh, areas. Um, one of the things that we've been trying to do uh, on that end is uh, um, raise awareness, and uh, I'm scheduled to have some meetings uh, over the next uh, month uh, so I can do it more effectively. Um, but uh, there are certain plants that you can plant in your garden that deer don't like. And uh, in Pennsylvania, we learned that uh, deer will sometimes like kill plants that they don't eat in hopes that right. uh, uh, plants that they do eat uh, grow back. Um, uh, but uh, there, there are a lot of uh, plants that uh, they kind of avoid. Um, so uh, some of the controlling where the deer are is, uh, you know, planting the right kind of uh, plants. And with bear, too, when I lived in northwestern New Jersey, uh, there were a lot of bear. You'd see bear, like, all the time. Um, if you uh, took uh, care of your garbage properly, uh, your chances right. of having a problem with a bear were very uh, minimal. 
because the, the bears are scared of you too, and they'll make noises to warn you that they're there. And you know, if you give them right. space, they'll, they'll they'll go away. But if you have uh, garbage that's going to attract them, uh, and they need to make weight, especially, uh, you're going to get them uh, coming back all the time. So with uh, with practices like this, and also being aware, like uh, for instance, if you see a deer crossing the road, chances are there's a whole mess more deer yes. <laughs> right there waiting to cross the road too. So just you know, if you see a deer at the side of the road, you know, slow down. So. Um, uh, until a better solution is found, um, I'm focusing energy on, you know, like spreading this information. Um, and well, that's uh, actually, so I, that, that's very I'm, interesting. We should uh, we should talk offline a little bit, and uh, perhaps in the next borough newsletter, get uh, get a little sec, get a page or a half a page in there about the plants that deer don't like and that scares them away and the same thing for the bear because we should let everyone know that. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you. That's an excellent idea. Um, and uh, I will be on top of that. Um, I'll find out when the next issue is due and I'll write something up. Yeah, let's Thank you. communicate. That is, that is so awesome I'll, I'll speak to the borough administrator to make sure we get that in there. That's actually very practical and very helpful. Wow. Okay, great. A new adventure. I like, I like that. Um, and what other visions are there for uh, greening uh, Tenafly? Because Tenafly is a beautiful place. It's like a picture postcard uh, town. Um, and uh, um, when I was younger, I used to enjoy uh, walking. Now I can't walk as much uh, as I once did, but I used to love walking around Tenafly and going to the parks and um, walking up uh, um, Clinton to 9W and you know, walking along the Palisades. Um, but here in Tenafly, it's, it's very beautiful, and there, there's a lot to enjoy as you walk down the, the streets. Um, other than the things that we've talked about, are there any other plans for uh, beautifying Tenafly or greening Tenafly? Yes, so in, in no particular order. Um, okay. We're having, we're having conversations about expanding uh, you know, uh, Highland Park right downtown across the uh, parking lot and street from Cafe Angelique. Um, we're talking about um, making the, the road in front of Cafe Angelique just a parking lot and shutting the street off where it exits onto East Clinton and putting like a 50 or 60 foot wide section there, uh, taking, in other words, taking the roadway away and making that all green and connecting Hyla Park wow. to, uh, to Railroad Avenue right by the uh, train tracks over there, um, not even in anticipation of the Northern Valley Greenway, but making that all green um, and uh, potentially putting a, uh, you know, a nice wrought iron fence around Hyla Park so we can have a situation where, um, you know, kids can play in there. So, you know, if mom and dad, uh, bring a child over there in the middle of the day or on a Sunday afternoon. Right now, you can't really let your kids play because they can roam out onto the street. But if we put a yeah. nice, attractive, maybe broad iron fence there, kids can play in there, which is, you know, you know, not make it a playground, but it's a place you can sit and let the kids wander around a little bit safely. And then that gets green space all the way to Railroad Avenue. Um, and th- then the whole section becomes, you know, very attractive. And uh, the Historic uh, Preservation Committee at one point was asking about, could we put up a statue of Elizabeth Cady Stanton somewhere? Because uh, many people know she lived in our town. 
and uh, her house is uh, her house is here, and uh, that would be nice to put a statue of her up over there as people enter into the town uh, next to uh, uh, the Veterans Memorial uh, uh, statue there, and so that's one thing uh, for downtown. Um, my uh, my colleague uh, Councilwoman Lauren Dayton had a great idea yesterday about. Uh, uh, increasing the number of trees on uh, on Washington uh, Washington Street and uh, mm-hmm. putting uh, putting lights inside the trees uh, to brighten the whole area up in the evening, uh, so that will potentially help people come downtown at night, visit the restaurants. That's but create wow. a whole different atmosphere downtown. And so these are the things. Um, these are some of the things. Uh, you know, we're discussing and, uh, you know, uh, one day at a time, one month at a time, we move forward. Uh, we move forward on them. Uh, things take resources and they take energy and yeah, there's a lot of good ideas and now it's all about implementing them. I would like to, as much as possible. Those are all awesome ideas and, uh, I, I would like to help uh, promote them and uh, some of the things I'd like to give time and energy uh, as my schedule allows um, toward getting involved because those are all like worthy endeavors. Um, unfortunately, we're reaching the end of our journey tonight, but uh, I'm also okay. very excited with the news that um, it is now possible in New Jersey in the very near future um, to use solar energy uh, much more than we're doing now. And that uh, there was some legislation, uh, uh, it was on the um, front page of the record the other day. I haven't had a chance to read the entire article yet, but I was very excited about what I skimmed Good. through. Um, so I guess we could talk about that uh uh, next time, um, Mark, is there any way that people can get in contact with you and follow all the wonderful things that you're doing for Tenafly? So my uh, my email is Mark M A R K underscore Zina Z I N N A at yahoo dot com. Mark underscore Zina at yahoo dot com. I'm happy to uh, answer any questions from uh, residents or neighbors or neighbors who are 50 miles away. And uh, I'm always available and happy to speak with people. Incredibly awesome. And you and I will speak uh, offline about uh, some of the things that you brought up uh, today because I'm I'm very excited by them. Fabulous. appreciate it. Thank you for having me on again, Hercules. I appreciate your time. And thank you for being on, and I appreciate your time as well. Take good care, Mark. You're awesome. Take care, Hercules. Thank you. And we're going to listen to Brent Kerdorian's King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with Astrid and the Sussex Report.
And welcome back to the Elysium Project. I am Hercules Invictus, and our next segment is called the Sussex Report. And the host is Astrid. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. Doing well. Uh, the weather seems to be calming down here in New Jersey. I can't say the same for the western part of our, our, our nation which is undergoing a, a horrifying, um, most of the states, a really horrific snowstorm, what they call a snow cyclone, because the, the winds attached to these storms are frightening. Yes, uh, it, we, we're definitely seeing much more extreme uh, weather um, in the past uh, few years, and uh, um, it really makes you think about uh, all those warnings given to us by the scientists about how we need to uh, drastically change the way we're living in the next uh, decade or so. Otherwise, uh, 
um, we'll be dealing with even more extreme weather. Right, and things which will become irreversible at, after a certain point. Yes. So we we have our work cut out for us, Astrid. <laughs> yes, we do. And therefore, we need to start out with some positive news on the local level. Good, and, that'd be um, awesome. Yeah, so it's always nice to see that local shops and, and local business people are there supporting the community. Uh, Panera's yeah. Restaurant, which is in Sparta, has a fundraiser going on. Matter of fact, it's tomorrow from 4 to 8. 20% of your meal, if you go there from 4 to 8, will be donated when you bring a flyer from the Prince of Peace Lutheran Church uh, is shown. Uh, my assumption is that the church is looking for funds. And a, a day wow. when when economics is so hard and people have minimal discretionary money, it's hard for these smaller parishes to keep afloat. And, and uh, it's gone beyond bingo. Forget bingo. They've had to, um, to basically go to businesses and, and ask their help and, and, and join forces. Uh, if you're interested, you can contact um, the Paneras in Sparta at 973-827-5080. Eight zero, and I know you've brought up in the past that many of these local churches actively hold soup kitchens. They have food banks. They have clothing drives. So, besides these different great volunteer groups, there the local churches are an active part of 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 getting the community together and giving them subsidence to their life. Oh, most certainly so. Um, before we proceed, um, just to let you know, Facebook is not operating in my area today, so I can't post all these wonderful uh, information uh, as you're sharing it, which is my custom. Uh, but if you email it to me after the show, as soon as Facebook is back up, I will most share all definitely. The Do you have any idea why this is happening? Because, you, as you know, I'm not a Facebook participant. Uh, for several um, on my computer, on my computer, it says that something went wrong and they're connecting it as quickly as possible. And mm. on my wife's computer, it says that they're doing site maintenance. Uh, <laughs> it isn't uh, just uh, me uh, because uh, I haven't received anything from the people I usually receive uh, um, information uh, daily from. So nothing's coming in uh, to mm. the system either. So I have no idea what uh, is going on. Right, right, and one never knows with these these mega mega sites what is happening anymore. I mean, um, Zuckerberg has been brought up to uh, two yes. different committees within this country, and not much has been done to him in terms of the privacy violations. But as we mentioned, Great Britain contacted him, and, and the U.K. asked him to come to report to a, a whole committee, and, and they made very serious allegations in terms of yes. uh, he's done minimal yet profited from all this ad sharing, and and he actually refused to show up and send a representative. And I hear that there are going to be some um, some plans brought forth 
and I'm not sure if it's Warren or Pelosi, but suggestions have been made to look into uh, breaking apart this company and making it a smaller situation, which which would uh, have better controls and, and also take the power away from him where he thinks he's a demigod. So we shall see what happens there. Yes, we live in very uh, interesting times, and all sorts of issues are coming up that are mm. beyond the ones that we've ever uh, dealt with uh, in uh, the past. Uh, even Blog Talk Radio, which we're on right now, uh, the board uh, wasn't working, so I'm calling in also and handling everything between my computer and my telephone. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, that was no warning uh, either, and uh, the buttons that I normally press never, didn't even come up, even though I was uh, signed into the system. So uh, I have no idea what's and, happening there. And, and Hercules, you're, you're a man of, of, of many talents because here you are rising to the occasion and being a flexible person, which we have to be in this day and age. Yes, we do, and you have such awesome and positive information, and uh, um, your knowledge is very deep, and you're very generous in sharing it, so we have to, the show must go on. Oh, and we will push forth this this information. Uh, Applebee's is also holding a, a breakfast fundraiser, and it's on April 7th from 8 to 10 a.m., and that's at uh, North, Pork, North Park excuse me, Drive in Newton, and you can text okay. and call the call a particular person for this fundraiser. It is 732-570-5036, and I will send that info to you. That is not the number for Applebee's, and it is a number of a person who is running this fundraiser for a young girl named Olivia. She has osteoblastoma, which is a horrific cancer. It's a tumor, basically. Tumors that grow within the bone. Hers is located mm. in her hip. She's already had one surgery and uh, she just had a second surgery. Um, th- this tumor was larger than the first. Really tough situation for a little girl who's about 11 or 12 that just wants to be a kid. And um, uh, my assumption is that the fundraiser is for the very fact that we know most insurances will not pay for um, a second surgery within a specific amount of time. No matter how good your insurance is, there are time limits, and you have to pass a certain period before a second surgery or a second test can be performed. That's a shame. It is, you know, and and it's very hard for a parent to... Yeah, and for a parent to have to watch their child go through this, not once, but a second second time, and the fee is minimal. It's only $10, so I applaud Applebee's for getting involved with hosting this fundraiser. Oh, most certainly so. Mm. And then I found out something very interesting, that um, the, um, the special advocates... That deal, it's, a, it's a basically a CASA, it's called, of Morrison, Sussex County, which is a local nonprofit organization. They have added more volunteers to their program. To um, They train and supervise volunteers to advocate for the best interests of children who have been removed from their homes due to abuse, neglect, or abandonment. These children need to be represented, particularly in, in all situations, and to make sure they find... Um, permanent, safe, and nurturing homes in a timely manner. They have to take an oath. They have an extensive uh, 36-hour training program before they can even be sworn in. And then they're assigned a child in the foster care system. 
and they check all of their their medical records and resources, the educational resources, and uh, they have to meet with the child regularly, attend court hearings, go to school meetings. They're involved 360 degrees. It's not just going to the family. They make sure that they're an advocate for this child and they're with them until the case is closed and the child is put in a safe environment permanently. So it's nice to see wow, that, that someone's looking yeah. after these children. Oh, and that, that is a very comprehensive uh, coverage of the kids. And it's good that they're screened and that they um, are taught ahead of time because I know that's uh, been a problem in the past with uh, uh, human services. People were not uh, vetted enough and uh, or they weren't uh, trained and prepared to do their um, job. Uh, so it's great that they're doing that. Right, right. And, and if you, they can't pay people because we know how the schools are so overtaxed with the, in terms of right. social workers, uh, the team to look in the situation and in a timely manner, there, there has to be a backup, most definitely, for, for the things that fall between the cracks. And uh, th- these kids are very vulnerable and they need uh, protection. And uh, that whole issue of uh, the care of children within systems has come in very uh, uh, much into focus since uh, uh, what's been going on in the borders and the children were separated from their parents. So uh, awareness of that issue both uh, uh, nationally and locally has increased. Most definitely. And as we were talking about the weather, there are always these little uh, sidebars there in terms of of, uh, situations that result from having to deal with the weather. And we've we've discussed the topic of of the plows and getting plowed in, but we forget about the road salt. And that's an important part. I mean, the plows working on and the salt trucks working on the highways get us to and from work and to where we have to be. But there's also the situation that we forget about in terms of wells. And uh, Columbia, which is a Knowlton area all around there, um, it's a section of Knowlton. There's a big issue with complaints from residents. They complained to the DEP and said, you know, we want you to do testing and, and geological and water surveys because of the fact that the uh, huge amount of salt on the roads have affected some of the wells. And I thought some mm. of the interesting situations, I mean, uh, you know, when you're, when you're so used to water being supplied to you, you turn on the tap and it comes there. Right. You, you don't have no concept of what a well is and how you have, or a lake, and how you have to be extra cautious, how you treat the area surrounding a lake or a well. Um, in terms of what you're using, in terms of pesticides. But with the salt, I, yeah, I had no concept that salt, salting the roads would have so much effect. And, and there were some people that um, took pictures and had proof, and they went to committees and talking about their life living on certain streets in terms of the toilet bowls had to actually be hammered at the end of the season? How do we have to hammer large salt deposits out of them? And um, having to add minerals to the uh, treated water to keep the system from being damaged? Wow. That's, I've never heard of all that. I've never thought about all that either. 
Right. I, I mean, I know there is a um, reverse osmosis system, and, and, and I have a well. You know, most people that are that are in certain towns here up in Sussex County have well water, and you're very mm-hmm. cautious in terms of what you put in the yard, um, even using specific type of, um, not salt, but certain, uh, as they say, snow or ice melting products that will not mm-hmm. harm the environment and not be dangerous to animals or birds because you're living in nature. And you have to remember that it's not just you in a house and you getting to the car, but it's the whole entire area that surrounds you and what you do there affects not just your well but other wells when it involves a runoff coming from a higher elevation. Wow. Yeah. There's so much to be aware of. It's uh, overwhelming how vast our ignorance is and uh, uh, there there are so many things uh, that we don't know and then when we become aware of them uh, our time is very limited, so uh, trying to address all of these things is very challenging. Right, and, and I think basically you have to find a, a cause that, that either directly relates to you or one that you really feel that deeply connected to. Mm-hmm. You feel get, very passionately about very many causes because I get your emails, so I know that you're on top of the, <laughs> all sorts well, of things. Which yes, I do. If I feel that, that it has uh, a direct influence on many mm-hmm. people's lives or, or it's something that I think that you are directly connected to, which would be definitely the environment, you know, or, or yeah. some of the laws being being snuck through. Uh, and being presented on the floor or whatever that would affect our environment that people are unaware of, then I feel it's important to pass it on to you so that you can pass it on to others too. Because that's what it's about, you know, it's sharing of information. And I I greatly appreciate that. Uh, I was on the phone uh, on the show with Mark Zinna uh, prior to uh, our uh, conversation and uh, he suggested some ways that I could take uh, the awareness of uh, um, the deer and the bear and uh, um, planting different plants and taking care of your garbage so that you minimize uh, um, any conflicts. And uh, uh, he suggested I get something published in the uh, um, borough newsletter. And that's an excellent idea. So he would he yes, would inquire about that, and and we can uh, inform the borough. And uh, I know that CON wanted uh, to be part of this initiative also. So it would it would provide a template. Of course, he's welcome to the information that we get together uh, here for the newsletter. Uh, so uh, um, I'm I'm very glad that Mark suggested that. It was an excellent idea, and uh, I'm very happy to move forward with it and to be able to replicate it. That so, is great, uh, and, and I I know up here for a fact that you know there were so many lake communities, and they have homeowners associations, and within mm-hmm. their offices they have all this information as well, different sites right. to go to, uh, things that affect the environment w- around your community. Um, they have uh, all the information related to the DEP and updates. The library, as we always say, the the, the Sussex County uh, library system is amazing. They always have tons of information within their offices and buildings as well. So I, I need to look into that uh, um, also and find out who in the uh, county and borough um, 
handles things like that as well, and so they can tap into their resources. And uh, my goal is, uh, in the very near future, to have this information circulating and be uh, available uh, to a greater degree than it is now and to raise uh, awareness so that uh, uh, people have less problems with uh, uh, the wildlife because uh, uh, bears are coming into Bergen County now uh, near uh, the uh, uh, country club and in other places. And, of course, deer are very, very uh, prevalent. And uh, the, the deer are very beautiful, but uh, they've caused uh, uh, tragedies to themselves and to people driving who uh, hit them uh, because, again, there isn't that awareness that if you see like a deer that there are other deer waiting to cross and uh, just some simple information, simple awareness will, uh, uh, I believe, cause less grief uh, to all concerned. Most, most definitely. And you know it would be really great if you, even if you had, you know, one particular session where you said, okay, I'm going to be addressing this particular thing, whether it be um, uh, curtailing wildlife, you know, what can you do for, um, with, the, with the bear and the deer population, the timing factor. If you were able to get the information for each area or a, a link for each county right, in right, certain right. states, so well, you can go to this group, you can go to this link, you can go to that link, and that will take care of this county or or central Jersey or whatever, because the times vary in terms of yes, when these situations are prevalent, depending on the locality, and and also um, the access to the information is different as well. Oh yes, most certainly so, and uh, uh, it's uh, I I believe in that because. Uh, um, again, we share the planet with uh, beings that are not human, and like you were saying with the uh, um, salt, uh, with the runoff uh, during the times it snows, uh, we have to be aware of uh, what's affected beyond our own uh, you know, little circle of life, because uh, if uh, the water uh, and the animals uh, get poisoned with the salt, that will ultimately and eventually affect us too. Most definitely, but the, oh, an ecosystem. I know there was a situation within our lake, oh, maybe about 10 years ago, where um, there was an education system going where they said, you know, you cannot be using fertilizer and pesticides, you know, to, to make your lawn so stunning when you live on a lake because that is seeping and going into the lake and causing major issues within the lake and right. um, particularly with the fertilizer, you know, then you start changing the, um, um, the growth patterns of plants within the lake. You have to hire companies. What happens at that point is they hire companies to come to do one of two things, either to start uh, using this machine to shred all the undergrowth of the greenery because it's strangling the lake, you can actually end up with a dead lake, and um, or start dumping chemicals. So you have to be an active part of your community, no matter where it is. You know, to know the effects of what you're doing. You want a nice green lawn? Well, wonderful. But guess what? You can't be doing. You have to do things naturally, not in a way that you're changing the whole ecosystem and affecting the entire area. That's 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 very very true. Uh, Bill has joined us. Would you like me to invite him in? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Let me click this button. 
Greetings and welcome, you, Bill Waitman. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, I, I just caught her that uh, her bit on the grass and, and the lawns. I don't know. That was all I heard. I apologize. Oh, uh, no problem, Bill. We were just discussing how the um, acts of one or two people, when they're not informed, uh, affect everyone. You know, and uh, the, the ecosystem within a lake, or when you have wells how you have to watch your water and what you do on your property because it has a major effect, not just on you, but the whole ecosystem and your neighbors and, you know, the, having a dead lake or wells that, that are, that are non-functionable. Astrid, I have yeah, a, I experience, I, I experience this uh, myself. I live in uh, Lake Stockholm, which is at the, it's probably the last, town you pass on Route 23 before you go Oh, yes, yeah, so I'm familiar with it, yes. And uh, we're at the bottom of Sparta Mountain. And uh, uh, just about... Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're cutting an additional nine acres, and uh, Hercules, she, she knows that uh, this is part with... I don't understand the Audubon Society is part of this uh, deal, and our Department okay. of Environmental Protection. Well, you uh, know, with the DEP, forget it. Yeah, it, it, this doesn't make any sense because no. to me, birds belong in trees, uh, and, and uh, you know there are, are exotic birds around. But we just had our lake cleaned out uh, a, a few years back, and we're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, DEP was involved in that, and this is releasing more sediment. Uh, I can't think of it. I think there was a play or something called "An Enemy of the People," and our okay. our. Water and some of the other lakes that you pass on Route 23, Lake Tamarack, uh, maybe Summit Lake, uh, maybe even uh, Lake Apacon, because in the 60s we had a drought and uh, our lakes were closed for the season, or the water was emptied out, not Lake Apacon. Some of it was siphoned out to help keep the Newark watershed uh, doing good. And uh, this kind of uh, development is bringing back a lot of. Uh, things that shouldn't uh, be going into the water. I mean, Edison had a mine at the top of what we call Sparta Mountain. And, uh, Uh you know, these things just keep going on and on and on. And uh, the water quality, we don't drink our water. What she just said was perfect. We have wells uh, and we have a a water company. I don't know if anybody from Stockholm will be mad, but uh, my son (laughs) gave them an opportunity, got it started. And then he didn't want to come back because there was too many things wrong with the uh, system. But he uh, he put 400 homes on uh, uh, back onto the water system that's mm. internal there. And, you know, these things are happening more on a micro scale and on a, uh, a macro scale. And, uh, you know, we have an administration that uh, I know you, you probably brought some of this up, but this administration is at lunch and uh, – they just brought another idiot into the uh, D, uh, to the federal agency, and uh, he, he's cutting and slashing the budget on bio-research. Uh, I wrote a piece, and Ashton, I, I, I thank you, uh, because you, you report my articles that appear. Uh, I did a thing on, on the, the, from four agencies reporting on temperature change from the 1880s, and the last four years mm-hmm. have been the highest reported temperatures, and I'm getting called all kinds of names. Uh, I, uh, I belong to two uh, foreign policy organizations. 
Uh, I regret to say this, but I think the guy behind, uh, I've been subject to letters that make absolutely no sense. Uh, it's a Republican guy behind the scenes that poses the candidates uh, and the crack and the crack crackheads. One lady, uh, uh, you know, noted weeks back that I was great on the environment. She doesn't agree with me, everything else. But she virtually called me a spy because I belong to the Center on Foreign Relations, which I'm there. <laughs> faculty member, and Farm Policy Association. And these organizations have been around 100 years. Yes, I don't yes. know. I learn a lot. I, I, I learn a lot uh, uh, on environment, for instance. I went to a session at the Foreign Policy Association, and three admirals were talking about the Navy's problems as far as their bases. The water is rising, uh, in particular, take a place mm. like Norfolk. I don't want to preach war or peace here. But uh, that makes it a little hard to have your ships, you know, around. And islands are disappearing. Uh, the Chinese are filling in islands, uh, right. wearing uh-huh. like, um, and uh, yeah, Taiwan. We just sent the ship up there. But uh, we live in the worst of times. And I, I don't even want to say the best of times. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Well, I'll tell you, Bill, that's why it is so important to bring information out and to educate people. I mean, you're aware, and I've mentioned this on other shows, about that dumping in Vernon and how long they've been protesting that particular person who um, um, was just basically for hire and having dump trucks, you know, just hauling garbage to an unbelievable height. And uh, the area, it's the Silver Spruce area, that site is part of the state-designated Highlands Preservation Zone, which was created to protect drinking water consumed by two-thirds of the state population. And meanwhile, this man was dumping, dumping, dumping. Nothing was done for years. And um, the DEP was called in I don't know how many times. They said, well, because people were very concerned, not just about the danger of all these dump trucks coming, and but the fact that people have wells. How is this going to affect their water supply. I mean, 10 right. or more dump trucks delivering dirt and, and, and asphalt starting 5.30 in the morning, going to 9, 9 10 at yeah. night. Well, finally, uh, well, when Josh Gottheimer pursued it and contacted them and said, well, you know, you can't be doing this. There are these laws, that laws. They found out there was a little bit of a loophole. And finally, the state Senate panel um, listened to Mayor Shortway and started taking steps to closing these loopholes, blame for allowing private waste haulers to camouflage their activities under the so-called the domain of recycling. And three state legislators criticized the DEP in New Jersey and federally and, and all of them for failing to take action. Well, fine. He got 75 summonses as well as a stop work order. But... The owner is now appealing that and the municipal yeah. court conviction and the fine. So here we go again. It never ends. Wow. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, we, they, some years back they designated adding septic systems. Uh, uh, they were, I guess they were figuring back of a building boom in the right. Highlands. And, uh, nothing makes sense. I mean, I, I can't think of so many plays and, 
things about how this, you know, going back 200 years, the nonsense that happens. We live in terrible times. We've got uh, the deep, but, the but federal there, but, organization. But there's also, there's a lot of good people and uh, people uh, of conscience are doing a lot of good things. So exactly. these might be phenomenally challenging times, but they've, and we have they've to awakened step up. in us. Uh, we have to step up. The community has to step up and say we will not allow it. And gratefully so. I mean, last week I discussed that one particular group in Vernon that set up a site that was that were obtaining petitions and, and, and phone numbers and, and volunteers to rally to the cause, and that's what brought forth this panel to even deal with it. But uh, even going beyond our, our wells and septic systems and natural lands, there is a situation all over. I mean, you hear about in the city. I know the city of Clifton, but NYC even. You have to maintain the system, whether it be, right. you know, waste pipes or, or um, the water commission. Things eventually have to be repaired and replaced. That's simple. It, it, Very true. It's politics at all levels. Uh, that, that's part of the trouble. Yes, we can beat them in the long run if we all stick together. Uh, the press, uh, the freedom of the press isn't violated any further. I worked on a, on a campaign I ran for Freeholder, and uh, I found out that the town of Sussex was being – a major water company was putting pressure to take over their, uh, their reservoir system, which it comes from a deep water lake at High Point State Park, uh, and it, there was so much corruption involved. I can't tell you that uh, with, uh, with all honesty, but we were hit. We, we did, took, uh, uh, and this is how it works, we went around door to door in uh, Sussex uh, because they, they had no, the uh, sewage and water thing is run out of my town, Hardison, and okay. they, at the time they had no, uh, that's a political thing. Board membership on the on this on the waste management, not the waste management, the water system and the sewage system is a political plum. And uh, I wound up dealing with a Republican, the one honest Republican uh, woman on the on the board in in the borough of Sussex, and we our referendum uh, succeeded. People uh, when they got the chance to vote, they voted no. And this guy was. Uh, came out of South Jersey, the head of this water company, was put on the board of public utilities. He got his bombs. It was the Democratic administration that gave this Republican a shot. And he had failed. He had failed in, of all places, Detroit. They threw him out. Uh, <laughs> and Detroit was pretty close. But he was everything. He was going to bottle their water. I, it was something like Aqua, Aqua America. He went from the board of uh, uh, public utilities he lied at hell in meetings. He paid off some people's uh, debts, political debts, in that town. Actually, they've had a mayor there who has a brother that's in the uh, uh, county office, clerk's office, who doesn't live in, in Sussex Borough, never did. And he, he, uh, he had so many benefits. He, he even became a mayor for a while. Uh, so the, the citizens rose up and they stopped it. But they've ever got. They've got to be ever vigilant. I mean, most I definitely, at, most definitely. That's the issue, Bill. To having the information put out there to the public so they're aware of these things. And uh, 
um, you start looking now like at, at all the bills coming up. I mean, we have a big vote tomorrow on the Senate floor to end states, uh, Trump's state of emergency to acquire funds for that wall. Because, I mean, he's looking to, um, you know, basically do what he wants to do. And if it doesn't go through, we'll do it one way or the other way. And um, good old New Jersey rep Andy Kim was uh, the one that championed the passage of that legislation uh, to make it easier to uh, – I'm talking now about the um, the H.R. 1, moving to the H.R. 1. He's championing that to get it going, and, and um, that did pass at the House. It's called the For the People Act. It passed on uh, Friday. Now we're looking at it coming to the Senate. And let's see what Mitch McConnell does in terms of allowing it to come to the Senate, because he definitely doesn't want to see that come to the Senate. The House Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, objected to uh, the provision that said that they would match small-dollar campaign donations to candidates in an attempt to woo them away from special interests. His thing was saying taxpayers shouldn't pay for our elections. Well, I would rather see money come from people that really want a politician and because like Bernie Sanders always took money from people, not corporations. You know, the last thing we need are these super PACs that um involve money that is undisclosed from people like the Koch brothers, mega money and lobbyists that that uh, directs, as you know, and Hercules knows, directs the way things are done in this country. And, of course, to remove barriers from voting, to uh, stop the things that were illegally done in North Carolina, elimination of votes, um, it's beyond belief. So this, this bill has to be pushed through, and I hope people call their senators because vacation starts very soon, three days. They will be home. The senators, your legislators will be home. It is up to us to contact them, go to their offices, find out a little bit more about uh, when they are available. I know there will be some grassroots movements now in terms of, um, of, of the senators being available. I know Menendez is having something in, in union, yes. a grassroots uh, thing where you can go and talk and, and express your opinions and your concerns about, about what's going on. It's up to us. We, we need that kind of citizen action. Uh, it, it's, uh, I hope, uh, I think 30 senators are up for re-election, uh, and uh, I'm hoping we can pick up those kids and have uh, Mitch take a holiday for good. Uh, right, and, you know, people, no matter what party you subscribe to, or even if you're not a party person, you know, there were very many do, who are free thinkers and say that I will vote for the best candidate just to see what Mitch McConnell does. And I know there's a big movement now to send letters to him to allow these bills to get onto the floor. I mean, it doesn't make him look like a very nice person because a bill that's being presented that will allow everyone, afford them the freedom to vote, and the uh, uh, remove barriers to voting with all these lobbyists and super PACs, it should be a common sense thing that this should be allowed. This is your right. And you should be able to do this without all these um, um, added extras uh, delaying a proper vote, which we see in North Carolina, you know, having to have to redo elections due to fraud. It's beyond belief. 
<laughs> That's the one where the son actually <laughs> had uh, and threw his father under the bus. <laughs> and I, 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 that was an amazing. Uh, uh, that was, that that election was amazing. Uh, we we have to make some changes. I, I you know I politics has gotten to be not a, it's become a, 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 an impossible game at times. But when you get victories like that, uh, and, you, and, and as you said, uh, we, we need to be active. I mean, I'm, I sign up for a number of things. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be in that thing within Union. union. I, uh, I kept writing stuff on Facebook and everywhere about that guy that was running against Menendez with those horrible uh, commercials. Oh, those ads. Yep. Uh, Amazing. I, I you or who gets, I don't know. And, you know, pills, many of us, I take 40 pills a day. This guy's been making billions on his pills. Most definitely. Uh, and then raised the price of the one particular cancer drug. You know, unbelievable. But, again, thank God the media, there are people that research it, and the media basically does present it out there. Um, going back to I'm sorry I jumped, but I just wanted to really let the public know that this HR1 is a big thing. And um, they really need to contact their representatives. But going back to uh, this whole thing with um, the Senate vote and, and this declaration of, of emergency, um, Bill, I'm not too sure what emergency declarations the president has. I know they can institute martial law, which totally blows me away. And I know they can seize property. What other things are, uh, can they do in terms of emergency declaration? Uh, I think that I don't know of any more. I mean, I'm, I don't even think this covers this. Well, we know it doesn't cover this wall because it's no. What is he up? Well, that's the, the whole thing because in the Constitution, it states that the, the, the funding and the budget has to be approved, you know, by Congress. He can't decide to say, well, you know, people may want this or they don't want that, but I want it anyway, so we'll do this. You know, <laughs> but then he has a backup plan. And that backup plan is this, this new proposed budget. That's, that new proposed budget is mind-blowing because it would be, um, oh, my gosh, what was it? Uh, the, the amount of money, that how many trillions of dollars was that amount of money? It was just something frightening. I have to go look at my notes here. Oh, $4.7 trillion budget. And here is the president and the the uh, Republicans who are spending and, and having a balanced budget and be the worst budget ever, uh, $8.6 billion for a wall in there. This is like an addition to this other thing. And um, how much? Oh, Pentagon was going to, they're increasing troops assigned to the Mexico Mexican border by 6,000. 6, That's happening anyway. But um, it blows my mind. You know, more money for the defense and this strange space station, which will definitely cause another Cold War. Oh, it it could cause a hot war. (laughs) Unbelievable. I knew one one Mexican president, and I met him a a while back at the Senti Fox. Oh, Uh, okay, yes, I remember. They see this as, as what the U.S. did in, like, pre-World War One to them. Uh, you don't do these kinds of things. And you forget that he, he's got homeowners 
that will lose property. And that, that's quite unfair. They don't want the wall. Uh, none of this makes sense. And every one of these Republicans knows this. Well, yeah, because there was a whole big issue about the fact that a lot of these people were his voters, and they have farms or they have um, ranches. And there was one particular church uh, that was in the middle of this particular line of where the wall was supposed to be built. What are you going to do, cut the church in half or just totally demolish it or move it to one side and the other side can't? Uh, there were so many issues because it's not an actual physical wall, as we know. That's the issue, because walls can be broken down, you can climb over, you can dig through. It is really surveillance and the right kind of surveillance that alerts you to these things happening before it happens. You know, my wife was a school teacher in Newark for years. Uh, parents were, were bringing their children from Central America to the border, uh, Everybody knew about it. The city of Newark needed those children, by the way, because even funding. they have had funding you know, issues. Uh, yeah, and uh, so it, it, this makes no sense. He's using this as an issue to hate, bring hate. Uh, no Arabs, as far as I know, uh, maybe one. Uh, the terrorists can, can simply walk over the Canadian border. I've done it in states like Vermont. I had a, I had a be involved in negotiating uh, lumberjacks from Canada and Maine. Uh, you know, there are border points, like in Cali and Maine, if I said that right. But this this is ridiculous. The terrorists that came in came through the Canadian border. And they exactly. wanted that money up. Uh, to, to put it, for that money that you just said, wow, we, we have a major deficit, two ways, budgets and, uh, uh, and already his wanted... Uh, tax plan is is slowing down. Uh, well, definitely. And then this budget is based upon, what, 3% growth every year? You know, there's no way it's going to happen. And more than that, I don't think people realize that in order to pass this, and never mind pay, we're not even talking about paying for that ridiculous tax reform um, that that basically worked to, to make things even better for major corporations and the uber-rich, but now you're talking about money that has to be provided for this, you know, mega defense, not just the wall, but this mega Pentagon situation. The cuts would come from, particularly from Medicare, $845 billion. Medicaid, $1.5 trillion. Social Security, $25 billion. That's the programs that people rely on, never mind rely on, they have paid into this. They have paid into it for how many years of their lifetime? And our millennials and everyone else are still continuing to pay into it. And they said they're also looking at um, um, programs that are like mind-blowing, uh, things like the Renewable Energy Fund, slashing that, uh, the parks, they're looking at our national parks and cutting up slices of that and allowing industry to get involved within that, using the Never. water and selling it to companies for um, Hello? The bottled water. Hi, this is Hercules. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, your next guest, Chauncey Brown, is here waiting. Oh. What you guys were talking about was interesting, so I'm not going to do a music break, uh, but I'd like to uh, introduce him. Oh, most definitely. 
Okay, here we go. Okay, we're having some difficulty here with the board. Um, there we go. Hi, Mr. Brown. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me better now? Uh, I can hear you. Can you guys uh, hear Mr. Brown? I hear him. Yes, he sounds marvelous. Beautiful tone of voice there. So I will pass it along to Bill, who can introduce him and tell us a little bit more about him. And uh, uh, I'll be here listening. Okay. Oh, thank you, you can join in too, Hercules. <laughs> yes, I will if I have something to say. But you guys are, are doing awesome, so I'll step back a little bit. I'm going to tell you, Chauncey is a—he's a man that's uh, faced problems. He's solved them. Uh, he's done some great things. I mean, if you look at his. If I just could go through his Facebook page and just uh, the introductory page, he's been candidates for office as a Republican, but he's one hell of a kind of a Republican. He's a throwback. Uh, he's had problems. I had problems, too. Uh, my problems were uh, <laughs> with a Republican who was running. He's now in the assembly. Uh, I was going to run against him. I still might. Um, Chauncey? Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the organizations that you're in, your radio station, your newspaper? Bill, first of all, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, I'm very humbled to have an opportunity to be on this show and and talk about who Chauncey Brown is. Um, I'm a third-generation uh, Pattersonian. Uh, my grandfather came here from the south, worked for the lumber company in the early 1900s, uh, and my mother was a Lenape Indian up from uh, Hilburn up in the north. Uh, and then they had me in the 60s. I'm a baby boomer. My mom and dad, uh, my dad was involved in the civil rights movement uh, in the 60s. So I grew up in the environment of politics. Uh, my dad was Republican. Uh, I'm Republican. And I'm Republican basically because of the history of uh, the difference of both parties, plus uh, my conservative upbringing, but we can get into that later. But I grew up my whole life around Democrats. I've always been outnumbered, so I won't be challenged tonight by the group. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, But, yes, uh, you know, Bill started off uh, by saying I overcome some challenges. If you don't mind, I don't like to talk about the things that I accomplish. I like to talk about the things that I've learned in my life as a man, and and that helped to build character and integrity, uh, which I think is more important uh, for a man or a woman to have more moral values in this life today if you're going to serve in public office. Um, I had the opportunity at at a young age to work in a campaign for uh, governor, uh, mayor of Patterson. Pat Creamery ran for governor of New Jersey against Tom Keene. Uh, That was my introduction to politics uh, uh, for that Republican. Uh, Then I aided uh, as a teenager at 17 years old for state senator Frank Graves. And um, and then he became mayor of Patterson. Then I became a page to him uh, as mayor. So I was with him for about two and a half years. Uh, then he appointed me to uh, the commissioner, uh, the Board of Recreation, where I served on that board for 19 years. In the last five years, I was its president. Um, in 1991, I became a fireman. Uh, I served uh, in the fire service uh, for 17 years until I rose into the wow. rank of uh, a fire captain. Uh, during the course of uh, me uh, being involved publicly, and uh, getting involved in politics, 
and I had an extremely stressful life. Uh, I succumbed uh, to alcohol and drug abuse. Um, I had uh, an extremely uh, uh, pressure-filled life. Uh, with uh, I, I started my own business as well at 18 while doing going to college and working and, uh, and acquiring other jobs. Uh, but that being said, uh, I became a, an alcoholic uh, and substance abuser uh, while being on the fire department, and I was an elected official. Um, as a result of, uh, of uh, my disease of addiction and alcoholism, and I take full responsibility uh, for my actions, uh, I made a business mistake, and then I ended up having to go uh, to federal prison for two years. Um, that was the best experience of my life because it gave me two years to sit by myself and look at who I was as a man. And was I really serving the public good for that past 15 or 20 years? Well, I realized that as a result of my alcoholism and my drugs, I could not have served as effectively as I could have, even though to the public I appeared to do well. Um, I came out of prison. Uh, I went to rehab. Um, actually, I went to rehab several times uh, because the transition for me coming out of prison was challenging. Um, that lasted uh, for a couple of years. Uh, and then I, 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 I jumped on uh, on the horse. You know, uh, I renewed my faith uh, from, um, from, from prison. Uh, I consider myself a, a, a Jew, uh, if you will, or a Hebrew. Um, I follow Judaism. Uh, so I turned my life around spiritually, and now my mission to serve uh, the public uh, in my many facets that Bill was talking about now is as a result of me giving back and serving the community in whatever capacity I can for the public good. I realize that, you know, my purpose in life is to serve, but you can't serve if you do not submit your will to a higher power or a higher being or God or whoever we want to call him in order to serve our fellow man. And that's some of the challenges I had uh, with my own will. And like I said, the challenges I had, but prison was, was very, very good for me uh, because like I said, it, it built character, it built integrity, uh, it, it built a, a more moral foundation, and it, it, it built a more willingness for me to serve other people and become a lot more humble. Uh, yes, I'm a Republican, but I'm not a blueprint Republican. Actually, I'm a really old school uh, 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 Republican, but I grew up around Democrats, and I consider myself a moderate-leaning right because I'm 56 years old now. Um, but currently, uh, I, I do a several block. Talk. Well, let me go back a little bit. So I got involved in politics again. Uh, I served. I ran for county committee. I won again. Uh, prior to that, before I went away, I'm sorry, uh, I ran for state legislature. I served two terms uh, on the school board, uh, president, vice president, respectively. I served as the uh, vice president to the State County School Board Association. Uh, I served uh, on the delegate uh, for the federal relations for New Jersey School Board, national level uh, for school boards. Uh, and then I ran for the assembly a couple of times, uh, and then I tripped up. And then, uh, I, you know, politics is in my heart and belly. So then I came back, I ran for county committee, 
uh, and during that time I formed my own organization, the Patterson GOP organization. Uh, and then uh, I became the municipal leader, uh, the vice chair in Patterson, for one term. The reason why I resigned was because I did not like the inappropriate behavior uh, that I witnessed uh, by the organization that I did not want to participate in. So I thought it would be best that I resigned um, and or I did not seek re-election again. Uh, so now, uh, basically, what I've been doing is is I've been doing blog talk radio shows. Shows. Um, awesome. One of my most popular ones is uh, Patterson on the Web, and we've been talking about the unfortunate and timely death of a man who died in police custody, Jamie Lowry, who uh, came to the police asking for help, begging for water and help, and died within 48 hours of asking them for help. Um, I also mm. have uh, New Jersey on the Web. Uh, which is a, a blog talk radio show, but it's also an online uh, news outlet uh, that we provide uh, New Jersey news. Uh, new Jersey on the web right now is in about every county in New Jersey, uh, and it's all in all three major cities. By the end of uh, 2019, uh, New Jersey on the web will have a footprint everywhere in New Jersey. <clears throat> so that's really my main thing. And I also have a national blog talk uh, radio show, uh, which is uh, National Politics. Uh, and next week, uh, wow. if you guys have a chance, we're gonna I'm gonna have on a show a professor, uh, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Jerome Hurley, to talk about the difference between socialism and capitalism in America today. Um, so I don't want to. Those are fascinating topics. Yeah, so I don't really want to take up uh, uh, too much of the time. I, I think I gave you really a gist of who I am. If you'd like to ask mm -hmm. me questions, I'd be more than willing um, to answer them. Um, about Patterson, about New Jersey, uh, whatever you like about politics, uh, what I think. Um, and I really want to say, again, thank you very much. And I'm very humbled wow. for having this opportunity um, to come before you and speak uh, for the first time, uh, nationally on a radio show, since, I've, uh, since I have arrived or since I've transitioned. So I'm really thankful for, for this opportunity because this is my first uh, public show. Thank you. Wow, Chauncey, I'm just amazed, on. totally amazed. Me and too. I just would like to uh, preface it by saying that very often on, on this blog radio, we have made the distinction between working in the private sector and working in the public sector. And, and we've talked about it from the bottom up, from local government, uh, from Board of Ed and what the Code of Conduct and Code of Ethics covers on a local level, on yes. the state level, and then looking at the national level and talking about recusal. Um, I'm really impressed because the first step to anything is pulling yourself out of the situation and admitting there's something that's not working for you, whether you were put in that situation, you know, of having to go to prison, or, or there, there was a point that you said, I need some help here, and I need to look at, take a hard look yes. at myself, which is something that most people and a lot of public sector people forget to do. You know, um, um, you talk about being in, in the public sector, you know, as a fireman and a chief. Uh, I served as a... Um, and our educator for like 39 years, and I was also a, a delegate, union delegate, local levels, county level. And the thing to remember is how much of an impact you have on the people surrounding you and why you were there. You know, it's constant reflection. When you get away from that reflection, then it comes about, you know, the ego and self-serving. 
self-serving, and that's not what it's about. It's not self-serving. Yes. Amen. So, uh, really, I'm, I'm quite impressed by your story. Oh, also, uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm an African-American Republican from Patterson, New Jersey. I okay. just forgot to throw that in there for, you know, <laughs> for the flavor of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Patterson is, is totally amazing. It is amazing. I mean, the Silk City, I was just talking to the, uh, a cousin of mine who reminded me that one of our grandpas worked there as a laborer for who knows how many years and retired and was called back, you know, by the owner, you know, sent him, you know, this this little man who would frequent the Wallington and Garfield bars and call him back because there was a point when people took such pride in their job. It wasn't just a job for a few years. It was a profession, and whether you were a factory worker, whether you were a dye maker, a weaver, it was a profession. I think you my know. last generation, I'm sorry, I think my last generation uh, in the 60s were the last uh, kids that had that type of um, um, ethic. Right. I, uh, I, had, I was called, there were 24 dye companies in Patterson in the area. And uh, I was called in because uh, I, I, I work with those kind of jobs, and I, just, uh, you know, I wrote dictionary titles for them and whatnot. Uh, I had an uncle that spoke Arabic, uh, which was rare. He was a professor. That's what killed him. <laughs> he was a professor in the Middle East, <laughs> but he wrote it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. He really passed away. He. Uh, he was murdered. I have no death certificate. Oh, I'm, no, no, I'm sorry because you said the way you said he was killed, and we we chuckled. I thought you, you were joking, and I'm sorry I didn't mean to laugh. No, no. He, the way you said it. Beirut, <laughs> and they, uh, I can't think of the NBA coach, but his father was the head of that uh, co- uh, uh, college in Beirut, a university, and uh, he was shot. And the next thing I knew, my uncle, uh, he learned to speak Farsi, uh, uh, he was in uh, Cairo at the Univers- American University in Cairo. Uh, I just got a notification. My cousins, I, I tried to get a, a – he left me some money, but I couldn't get it. I couldn't get the death certificate, and uh, uh, maybe it was left instead for my father. Uh, right. But he, uh, when, they, when these uh, died things, some of them were really a throwback to the 1800s. Some yes. of them were modern. They had a big strike in Patterson, uh, and they split in half. Twelve companies were going to go with us. So I had my uncle write letter. I, I wrote. I had my wife is Hispanic. She wrote uh, stuff in Hispanic. A lot of people, by the way, were from Sussex County. That commuted down there had lived in Patterson and commuted up. They closed overnight. They just uh, couldn't get anything together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they closed like immediately, and it was the same thing. She brought up the. Uh, I did the uh, the weavers. Uh, it was funny because you would go into a plant in Patterson, and, and you're right, Chauncey. I could see the uh, elder Jewish and Italian woman in the back, uh, yep. and you could see the ethnic success in the same building. They were yes. in a building that had a tarp over it, and um, those jobs closed up. I, there was one in uh, South Hackensack. I thought that was still around, but that all went out the window. Patterson, it really it- it really turned in the 50s into really the 60s after the civil rights movement. It really took a bad turn 
from the 60s. And I grew up in the 60s, and I was able to see and witness the transition. You know, with all due respect, I grew up around uh, mostly Jews and Italians. Uh, and in my neighborhood now, that neighborhood is is like gangland. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, in Patterson, uh, down by the library and stuff like that, and then we moved up by the east side. But, I mean, it's, I don't know, uh, really living in Patterson, it's my heart. I love it. Um, I, I really am a firm believer that politicians are responsible, as well as the community, for voting for people that have allowed this culture to continue and fester. Yes, now, uh, you know, Dorothy, it's interesting. Now, when do you think the whole gang situation started? Because my brother was a um, police officer <laughs> um, many years ago in another town. I'm not going to get into naming all these things, but I remember him telling me when I was a young teacher saying that there is a problem starting in this town, and it's gangs. And at that point, there were only three gangs. And the problem You're talking was, about Patterson? No, I'm Patterson? not. <laughs> I'm not, but from? it's an, another town within okay. within the Passaic County. Okay. That is urban. I'll put it that way, okay? <laughs> and, okay. and it's not Patterson. And I remember him saying there, there's going to be a major problem if it's not dealt with now because it's three groups. And it's beyond belief. I mean, it's gone to that. Working in a school system, I I saw it go from, you know, you would hear about it in the high school. You would hear about rival gangs in the junior high where uh, machetes and everything were um, hidden outside in bushes. and, and, And I taught in an elementary school, two of them actually, and and I started to see the effects there. It's frightening. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very frightening, and um, it's interesting. Uh, Patterson, I think the gang started. Well, you know, it depends. Like if we want to look at even culturally, like you know, most of the gangs really populated from the Spanish. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, from the sixties and seventies, uh, coming from these various countries. Sure. Um, uh, the Latin kings and all that. I was just going to say that, Chauncey. I, mean, I remember the, the my blacks, brother saying that I think, name first. I think yep. the, the blacks, the blacks, the last militant really group movement that I can remember was the Black Panthers. I don't think that there has been uh, any other per se gang uh, that I know of that was a black except how the Spanish started moving in. And then with the drugs and everything else, and then, you know, these blacks become drug dealers, and now they got to protect them. They get, then they, I guess they, they form the gangs to protect themselves, to look out for each other. It's totally out of control. It, it, it's totally out of control. Four people got, uh, four people got shot yesterday in Patterson. Wow. It's just, wow. It's, it is, you know, I just talked on my blog, a talk radio show earlier tonight <clears throat> about how uh, the new mayor, you know, uh, one Patterson hopes and dreams, and he's had uh, the most amount of challenges in the first year, and he addressed them poorly. You know, um, the violence, the gang violence, uh, the death of uh, a person in police custody. This mayor has never even called for an internal investigation. The council has been completely silent, not even calling for an investigation. I've been calling for an investigation on social media, you know, from uh, my reporter's uh, standpoint, uh, both like it's a big cover-up, you know, 
but you know, even that, you know, a, a person lost its life, and nobody is trying to determine why and how, you know, and that's the sad part is that leadership is supposed to stand up for what is right and wrong, and it's supposed to be our moral guide for society. When they fail to do that, then if the system and the people that lead us fail, then we see what the result is, and it's continuous. It's become cancerous. And and it's sad because now uh, throughout the country, urban centers have become a cesspool of gang violence, crime, okay, and corruption. And that's why we can't rebuild these cities, because most politicians are on a take. Uh, that's that's the reality, because if not, how come development is not taking place? How come development takes place in Bergen County? How come it takes place in, in, in suburbia? Why doesn't it take place in these cities? Because of corruption. You know, like I said, I grew up in City Hall since I was in my late 60s. Uh, my late 60s, I was, in, I was a kid. And I grew up and I was in the rooms with former Senator Frank Gray's with different, you know, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I heard a lot of different things. And I even saw how they split the county up, the city up politically, how the Republican and Democrats work together to maintain control and share contracts. I mean, this is what it's about. But people don't want to talk about the reality. They want to talk about the superficial issues, okay? And, 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 and those issues are distractions. From the corruption that's like, going like on what in, do you mean by, in our political by superficial issues, uh, we can talk about any hot button issue. It doesn't address okay. the internal political corruption. Pick any issue. He said, "Pick any issue." We can talk about. Uh, uh, you can talk about the wall. I was just going to say that, Chauncey. A distraction, a distraction, in order to to okay. permeate and, and and to push their own agenda. Yes. Exactly. Now we're talking about a wall, okay? Yet. We have more people getting died and killed on the street today than ever. Our educational system is failing. So the real issues that should be talked about that impact our society, okay, they're not being dealt with because we're talking about superficial issues. And we're doing that on a local level, a county level, and a state level. And I've seen this, and I'm watching it. And it's a shame to watch people go along with this without saying, hey, wait a second, people are not being served here. They're not. No. You, We're not you talking think, about taking care of people. <laughs> We're not. How would it work? How would it work if there were nonpartisan elections? Would that be a better form of uh, government? You know, you know, I thought that it might be, but for Patterson, it has created a more corrupt environment. Uh, Patterson was a partisan city. When it went nonpartisan, it appeared that the corruption got worse. Wow. Really? That's I mean, basically, that's, that's yeah, and it's ironic because I studied the Faulkner Act. I knew uh, Dr. William Mason, who wrote that act. He was a, one of the first black councilmen in Patterson. I knew who he was, and it's ironic. I thought that, yes, the Faulkner Act at that time was a good idea because the mayor from Frank Graves in the 60s, it was a dictatorship uh, type of uh, – the mayor had total authority, and there mm. was no balance of power. So, I mean, I support the three branches of government, okay, uh, uh, but even within that framework, uh, you know, the political appointments, it's sad. The corruption, you know, you're, you're appointing people to positions based on uh, politics versus based on qualifications. I don't care if it's appointing a commissioner to a planning board. So even in an infrastructure part of an organization of a city, if you are making political appointments then versus qualifying appointments, your city's going to fail. 
I don't care what city it is. And that's what they do in urban settings. Everybody, it's all politics. Everybody has a job here that's politically connected. Everybody. And and that's why people are not getting served because the only people that are getting served are those who are participating in the political process. I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you want to ask me a question? I, I, I wondered, no, I was going to ask you. Yeah. I wanted to ask what you about do, the this involvement. Is a, what? Yes, go ahead. What I'm sorry. What can we do? This is, uh, our show is basically, uh, we do a lot of interfaith. Uh, we also do a lot of uh, inter-ideological. So, so basically, even though... Uh, we're Democrats. This isn't like a Democratic show. Uh, the whole, the purpose of the show is to raise awareness and to um, draw attention to certain things, and also to affect change. So, a lot of the things that you bring up are phenomenally interesting, and they deserve like an, an entire show just to focus on on that particular uh, issue. Thank you. Um, but Thank as you. as our journey is nearing its end, we have like around 11 more minutes. Uh, what do you suggest we can do? Because you're right. Uh, unless you're involved in the political process, you're not going to see change. Um, so uh, how would you get people more involved in the political process? Because that, that's very challenging. It is. And being outside the political process now for the first time, I mean, I've been in politics, I mean, hands-on for like 25 or 30 years. This is the first time in the past couple of years I've not served at a position. So I'm looking at the environment in a total different perspective now. And that's how I came up, okay, with uh, that consciousness of how it appears. Now, how do we change it? That has become my challenge. Of Good. I've identified, I've identified the problem. Now, how do I come up with ways to change the paradigm? One way is to speak out against what is really important? The thing is, though, is that, and, you know, I, I want to give sometimes the electric the benefit of the doubt, but sometimes I don't think that the electric is educated enough in the political process and the political consequences of their actions. And I think that we probably would have to go from the point of understanding the purpose of your vote the intent of your vote, and what do you expect from your vote? Wow. Chauncey, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you one minute just to say we, that that is the, the basis of what we say here every week, that we have to provide information so that people make educated decisions. Also, yes. I mean, I've listened to Bernie Sanders, and now we have some unbelievable young women <laughs> on the floor who are saying what Bernie said all along, you have to make Election Day a holiday so that everyone has the option to vote. Living up here in Sussex County, it's different than, you know, Passaic County. You know, people are commuting not one hour, try three hours daily, sometimes more, and it's very difficult to vote. Yes, you can do, you know, by ballot. There are other options, but the point of it is make it a federal holiday. Pass this H.R. 1 so that all of this other BS is cut out and it is a pure vote and enough people, everyone's allowed to vote. Votes aren't tampered with. Forms aren't tampered with. 
It has to be done so that it is for the public sector, not the private <clears throat> sector. It, this isn't a private business, as we have one person in the, high, in the White House who thinks that it is like the TV show and that when you can't get what you want, irregardless of what the scientists have said about climate change, irregardless of polls that have said that people want certain things, they wanted a tax reduction, not for mega corporations, for themselves so they could live. Um, it's time to start dealing with the public sector the right way. And you're right. It has to be let me, information. Let me interject one thing. Uh, in every city and even in our area, there are opinion leaders. People vote. Oh, yeah. The opinion Bill, leaders actually right on the head, right on the head. That's the issue, and you know that goes back to the 40s. They put out a uh, they put out a book about that, and we in the last election in 2016, a majority of the people stayed home. The big yes. one who was happy, and in, in cities like Patterson, uh, alienation is high. Uh, people feel powerless. Uh, mm. It's not that that wand is going to change. I, I did a study. I did a master's thesis on alienation. It keeps you from being involved in organizations. And when you're not in involved in organizations, look at me. I'm not in an organization in, in our county. And I've run for office with that county. And I've never raised my own funds and ran as a, basically, uh, I, I've had people that work in phone booths that secretly made calls for me. But politics <laughs> is with politicians. <laughs> Not Billy, people. Billy, you were around when they had phone booths? Uh, yeah, I was around when they had phone booths, too. But if you can find that people's choice, I, 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 used to, uh, I used it for that thesis. Uh, so much, you know, you know in yourself that only a, a primary election, 10% yes. of the people show up. And, that's uh, you know, and that's well, it. Unless you have a lot of money to pay them to show up like they do with Patterson. That's what happens. And you know from your running election, it's happened to me. I've never had the right position on the ballot. Never, never once. No, I won, because I, you're not in with the with the party. You're not in. Never you're won, an outsider. I ran an election for assembly. Again, I, ran, I uh, uh, ran against former Congressman uh, Scott Garrett when he was in assembly one. Oh, uh, yes. And Richard were nice guys. I, like, I got along with Garrett. I wouldn't get along with him today. But... Uh, I was the only guy in my county on the ballot. The Democratic chair pulled everybody off, and uh, I debated them for a while. I got some help from some crazies worried about a new constitution. That issue circulates all the time. But there was nobody. I did it myself. I had kids that helped me. But you can't cover a county of 526 square miles. You just said it. The Democrats were working with the Republicans. That's why I'm going to think of the Republican Party become a libertarian. (laughs) They always When I ran in that election, I wound up. You just named some of the people that. Bill and I were talking the other day about uh, becoming green. So. I want to just get you one topic before we end because it, it has something to do with your heritage. And I read an article, uh, I think it came out of your news source about the You mean Chauncey? Uh, oh, me? I, well, yes. Sure. I, uh, I'll talk about my history, uh, yeah. I know that you, you have Lenape, if I hope I said that right, heritage. And yes. I know that they were protesting the pipeline, which was going to go on through their uh, area. 
Yeah, I was trying not to get involved in that conversation with you because I'm on the council up there with them, and I heard you guys talking about it earlier. I was hoping that you wouldn't get me involved in that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I knew. I knew. I knew you guys were going to corner me on something sooner or later. See? (laughs) (laughs) And and unfortunately, now that you're cornered, we have no time to to really explore it. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) Chauncey, um, I looked up your shows while we were uh, conversing. Um, you, would you like to let the audience know about your shows and how they can uh, access uh, uh, the information that you're presenting? Uh, well, thank you very much. You caught me totally off guard. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you very much uh, for allowing me this opportunity uh, to be on this show and uh, interact with you guys. It's been awesome, uh, and I hope that we could do it again. Uh, my blog talk will. radio shows, yeah, my blog talk radio shows. Uh, you can catch it on Facebook or Blog Talk Radio Patterson on the web or New Jersey on the web. Or uh, my national uh, page is uh, National Politics or U.S. National Elections on Facebook or Block Talk Radio. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, national elections on the air as well for 2020. Uh, and thanks awesome. again, Chauncey Brown. <laughs> my uh, my Facebook is down, uh, but uh, if uh, all you of can is. email me or if you can email me, um, I will put that information as soon as it's active again, so that people can access uh, uh, your well, shows. If you just friend request me, I'll just give you all the links. Okay, you know what I mean. Make it easier. Yeah, Uh, my name is Chauncey Brown the third. Yeah, my name is Chauncey Brown the third. I'm sorry. Okay, now I'm sorry. Now, what is your name, sir? Again, I'm Hercules Invictus. Okay, that's your real name. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Uh, it's my real name. If you if you get a friend request from Hercules, you know where it's coming from. Astrid, uh, it can be reached through the show. And Bill, how can you be reached? I can reach Bye. Bill. I'm not worried about Bill. I got Bill on phone and everything. <laughs> He's calling me through Facebook at my house on my cell. Forget it. Bill can get a hold of me. I'm sorry. Now, Miss, I'm okay, sorry, awesome. young lady. What is, uh, uh, what is the young lady's uh, thank name? Thank you I very much. I wish I was that young lady I was. But, no, my name is Astrid, and you can contact me directly through um, uh, Hercules' site, and, and he will pass things on. I am, am not on Facebook due to uh, privacy issues and incidences that have happened in the past there. I'm sorry so, to uh, yeah, and I will gladly give you my email directly through, so you can contact me directly. Uh, sure. Hercules will do that. Be a pleasure. Well, no, we, you can have my phone. I mean, you know, we can and talk I, I, on the phone. I was we just informed that they're cutting us off in less than a minute, so I have to wrap up okay. the show. But, Chauncey, <laughs> you're, you're an excellent guest, and the chemistry yes. is great between everybody, so we'll definitely have you back on again. Uh, yeah, a real, real quick, pleasure it, tonight. A pleasure. What is the name of this show for me to look it up? Um, it is The Elysium Project. How do you spell that real quickly, please? Uh, Elysium is E-L-Y-S-I-U-M project, and that means uh, in in Greek mythology and philosophy, Elysium is the highest heaven that the human mind can conceive. We have a lot to talk about Hercules because I'm into metaphysics. Um, awesome. We all are. Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about. Okay, this is at the Block Talk Radio station. Yes, Block Talk Radio, and I, I'm just informed we have 10 seconds, so they're going to cut us off. Uh, to be continued. Thank you. And, and Thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank you joined us tonight, and to you as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us 
seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. 